0: come alive with pastor mark martinez here they go
1: this time hoping to fight for themselves when you think about it that's great there wasn't an army on earth that could beat david and his 400 men when they walked in god's will there's nothing that can beat you when you're walking in god's will So don't ever think that God's will is a happy time. God's will may tell you to go into a storm, but that storm's not going to wreck you or your life. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough, but it won't wreck you or your life, especially if you're in God's will.
0: Promised a victorious Christian life when we remain obedient to God's Word and remain in His will. Just as David was victorious in battle when he was obedient and walking according to God's will, you also will have victory when you are submitted to God. Today, Pastor Mark will be challenging us to examine why we may be failing in our Christian walk in certain aspects. Chances are, it's as simple as us returning to reading the Word of God and developing a stronger prayer life. Maybe there are certain shows and movies you should stop feeding your flesh with. Perhaps there are some friends that you need to walk away from. Well, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 30 with today's edition of Come Alive. God is like, hey,
1: yeah, we're going to support you in the battle. We've seen you talking to God. We've seen that God is for you. So we do want to support you in this battle. So David went, he and the 600 men who were with him. It implies and that David had said, hey, guys, I- I- I'm going. I'm going because I got a promise. I got a banknote. I got God's signature on this adventure, on this battle. And I'm going to believe it no matter what. And whether you go, it doesn't matter if you go with me or not. I'm going to go by myself. Now, that's the David that I know from before when Goliath and the Philistine army were out there. Who is this guy sitting here screaming? And so he goes down into battle. So this is David because God is on my side, he says, and I have to beat all the Malachites all by myself, I'm going to do it. Because God promised it. God promised it. But such faith in God stirred the hearts of these 600 men. Sometimes you can see, if you know somebody that has a lot of faith in God, man, they can get you to do just about, you're like, man, I want to join in on that deal. I want to walk with you in that adventure. I've told you about my friend who, when we went into a bar one night and he said, hey man, the Lord told me to go and talk to this guy. And We went, and he was like, that's his car? And I'm like, man, he's just making stuff up. He's trying to be all holy. And we go into the bar, and he finds the guy, and he never met the dude before. And the guy was about to cheat on his wife. And because that guy went in there and believed and was obedient to what the Lord said, it didn't matter late at night. And being there and seeing that and witnessing that, you're just like, no way. And now knowing that the guy who was going to cheat on his wife heads up a big marriage You know, uh, a married couple's uh, counseling deal at Calvary Albuquerque. And and they tell the story of my friend who went into a bar and spoke to him. And that same couple, you know, I mean, they, they do an amazing thing for the Lord because now they hear the Lord. They returned and strengthened themselves in the Lord. See, such faith in God stirred the hearts of these men, but it can stir the hearts of you and I as well. But you have to have the faith. Are you that kind of a person where you're the people that are sitting around you kind of just look at you and be like, hey, man, you got that kind of faith. And I'm willing to stand with you. And I want that kind of faith so somebody else can look at me and say, hey, I want to stand with you when you go into battle, whatever that battle may be. And what a sight that must have been, David and 600 guys or 400 guys on the march again. Here they go, this time hoping to fight for themselves. And you think about it, that's great. There wasn't an army on earth that could beat David and his 400 men when they walked in God's will. There's nothing that can beat you when you're walking in God's will. So don't ever think that God's will is a happy time. God's will may tell you to go into a storm, but that storm's not going to wreck you or your life. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. But it won't wreck you or your life, especially if you're in God's will. But not only does God give mercy and restores David's friends to him, God being there, we see that in verse 11. Take a look. It says, Then they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David, and they gave him bread, and he ate. And they let him drink water. And they gave him a piece of a cake of figs and of two clusters of raisins. And so when he had eaten, his strength had come back to him, for he had eaten no bread or drunk drunk no water for three days and three nights. And then David said to him, to whom do you belong and where are you from? And he said, I am a young man from Egypt, servant of an Amalekite. And my master left me behind because three days ago I fell sick. We made an invasion of the southern area of the Cherethites in the territory which belongs to Judah and of the southern area of, the, of Caleb. And we burned Ziklag with fire. Whoa. Uh, think about that. What are the chances that you're in your 400 buds are walking across a field and there's an Egyptian? that was a slave to one of the Amalekites. I mean, we say God's there. Do we think that there's such a thing as a coincidence? Let's not be foolish and ever think that as Christians because we know there's no such thing as a coincidence. We, We should remove that word from our vocabulary. There's no such thing as a coincidence. See, David's men just so happened to run into a guy in the field, an Egyptian slave of an Amalekite and showing unexpected kindness to this guy. And so we see the real David again, showing unexpected kindness to this Egyptian. God shows David an unexpected blessing. So no coincidence, just a blessing. Since he knew where they came from, he knew where they would return. And so he promised the guy David and his men to the Amalekites. This was all God. This is a whole divine appointment when you really look at it. I mean, one guy in a field? Most of the time, 400 guys marching and some skinny, hungry, thirsty Egyptian walking by, you might be like, eh, we ain't got time for that guy. Let's just move on. What could he possibly do for us? But I'm amazed at how some people won't come back to the Lord because, well, as we see all the time in this, is in the restoration business. We know that God's in the restoration business, but a lot of people just don't want to come back to God. They just choose not to. See, if you've backslidden and you're running from God playing religious games, just stop and come back. Don't try to just give him 80% of your life. It's going to require 100%. And so here this Egyptian guy shows up, and it's like, "Eh, it's not a coincidence. And he knows stuff because he says, hey, look, I was with him. We, We burned Ziklag. It was us that were there. And so you might think, well, man, will David kill this guy? What's going to happen? Verse 15 says, And David said to him, Can you take me down to this troop? So he said, Swear to me by God that you will neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will take you down to this troop. Verse 16. And when he had uh, brought him down, there they spread out over the land, eating, drinking, and dancing because of all the great spoil which they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. So here, these guys are having a party. And they're partying hard. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a celebration party. Verse 17 says, Then David attacked them from twilight until the evening of the next day. Not a man of them escaped except for 400 young men who rode on camels and fled. I kind of think that's funny because I think you can walk after a camel and catch it when it's running. So verse 18, David recovered all the, what the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives. And nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything, which they had taken from them, David recovered all. And then David took all the flocks and the herds that they had driven before those other livestock and said, this is David's spoil. So again, before, go back to verse 18 and underline something for me. If you've got a pen, if you take notes, or if you do that, underline or highlight, recovered all. Recovered all. Because if you remember in verse 1, they had lost all, and now they recover all. They attack these guys, and they got it all back. And that's what happens when we really pursue God, and we ask, and we seek his face, and say, Lord, you know, I just want to be all... Even though you've backslidden, even though David backslid, even though he did some horrible things, and he was willing to go against his own people, even though he didn't listen to God, even though he didn't communicate to God, he got it all back. He recovered it all. What's all mean? All. All means all. Everything. And so you can see an abundance when David goes back. There was an abundance. And you might think, yeah, but I don't have that kind of time. I don't have that kind of time, Mark. I've backslidden, I'm in a hurry, and i got to get back to this point. Man, let me just say this. You would if you just began seeking God. You would have that kind of time. Those people who don't seek God... Truly, 100% of the time, and I don't mean like you're just reading your Bible all day at work and blowing off what your boss has you doing. I mean just truly seeking him in your head and thinking, man, God, how would I, how would I, how would I handle this? Now, now that I'm a Christian, how should I handle this? I know how I'd like to handle that as a, as a guy in my BC days, as an unbeliever. I mean, it was easy to handle certain situations by just going and grabbing somebody and throwing them up against a wall and say, I'll kill you if you do that again. Or if you say that again. That's how I used to handle things. Now it's like, I'll just pray. Well, you might not have that kind of time. You know, you need to hurry. I'll pray. God will redeem the time. He'll give me the time. And so, you know, it's like you have to start so he can redeem that and restore that which was lost. And so everything that the enemy has taken, David took back. God gave him a complete victory because David strengthened himself in the Lord. That's why he got the complete victory. David inquired of the Lord. You see that in in, in a few verses. And then David did what God told him to do. And and David showed unexpected care and kindness to others. I mean, you you look at this and you start to see the heart of God inside of a human. And so with this restoration, well, with restoration comes responsibility. With restoration comes responsibility. So God gives it all back as if to say, okay, what are you going to do with it this time? I've known guys who've gotten it all back and they blow it again and they lose it all again. And it's like, man, you know, you were just complaining about how you didn't have any time. And you get it all back and you blow it again and you lose it all. And now you got to spend some time doing it all over again. When do we get it? So God gives it back just to kind of see, hey, Dave, hey, Mark, hey, whoever. What are you going to do with it this time? Are you going to honor me with it? Or are you just going to lose it? And what's amazing, he even gave back both wives, both of them. I mean, he could have said, well, you know, it's not right for you to have two because that's not what I meant marriage to be. So I'm going to go ahead and lose one for you, Dave. I'm going to help you out. I want you to be seemingly more holy than you were. But no, he gives them both wives back. See, God will take what you give Him. God will take what you give Him that beat down, broken, messed up you and reshape you and remake you and mold and begin to repair and replace the things that need to work. And it may take a while depending on, well, if, you're, if you procrastinate. Again, God's going to honor what you, hey, we'll wait, God. I don't know if I want to do I'm not ready for that. Okay, we'll go. We'll wait. Hey, Mark, I got nothing but time. I don't age. You You do. You're the one getting old and your knees are hurting now when you walk upstairs or when you even get up from a chair. You're getting old. Don't waste any more time. But see, we have to be willing. You have to be willing. So he gives some back. So here's some money back. Are you tithing? You know, see, see when, you, when you thought it was all yours and you went out and you spent it all on your pleasures, but now here's some money back. Dave. What are you doing with it? Are you honoring me with your money? Yeah, God, but I got these bills, and I was, I was going to, you know, I was going to tithe when I got some savings or when I, when I invested some of this money and it really got a big payoff, and, you know, when? He said, no, 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 no. How are you honoring me with that? See, he restores and he rewards, but he also is looking for responsibility. He can restore, he can reward, but here comes the third R, the responsibility. He owes us nothing, but the fact that I get something after the way I behaved, well, that's amazing. And I think that's David's mindset. It's like, well, you know, what? after I behave, he's giving this all back. This is truly amazing. So are you responsible for what God gave you, using it for his glory? He wants to teach you and train you and test you and temper you. And so sometimes it, it is a little tough. It is a little scary. It, you know, people, I, every time I say, you know, when we get a check, our first check, we write out. And they're like, yeah, but you own your own business. Like there's a money tree that I grow somewhere. Anybody that knows if you own your own business, you have no money. You really truly don't. And if you do have money, well, the government comes and takes it because you've shown a profit. And you're just like, really, why am I doing this? So it's one of those funny things. It's like, yeah, you write it. Sometimes it's like, man, we, we have bills too. And the first check that we write has got to be the, to the church or for God's purposes. And I've been there. I remember as a single guy, when I first started doing this, I asked somebody, I said, "Hey, so explain tithing to me. And they did. And I remember, I got my check, and I sat down with this small paycheck that I had. It was already small enough, and now I was going to make it even smaller for things. And my hand was just shaking. I was like, oh, man. Oh, man, Lord. And I wrote this check out, and I dropped it into the box at church. And I went away, And I remember all week, I was like, Lord, please let that thing not bounce. Not the church check. Rent can bounce, but not the church. I'm in the worship band for Pete's sake. And so it cleared. And I was amazed. Because I called. I even called the church, and I was like, hey, man, I don't know if my check's going to make it or not. And I remember I was talking to Dan Lawisen, and he was like, really, don't worry about it. And I'm like, no, 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 go ahead and put it through, but... I just want to let you know if it does, will you, will you let me know? Because I, I really want to really do this the right way. And so he's like, we'll let you know. A couple days later, I come home, and, I mean, Calvary, Houston was real far at the time. And I lived 45 minutes away, and I came home one day, and there was a ton of groceries on my front door. And I was like, whoa, where'd that come from? So all of a sudden, I was like, man, I didn't have to write a check for groceries for three weeks. It was amazing. It wasn't like the food I would have chose, but I ate it. You know, when you're hungry, you just about eat anything. So I was like, man, I'm cool with that. Because I wasn't into, I was a single dude. I, was, I wasn't into making big meals. It was easy, just a sandwich, ramen, and some soup. But this was stuff you really had to cook in an oven, and you had to have a pot and a pan to cook it in. So, you know, I was like, well, great. You know, some well-meaning Christians caused me more money, now i got to go buy pots and pans. <laughs> but, I mean, it was, it was great how the Lord worked. And I remember I asked my neighbor, I was like, who, who did this? And she goes, "They told me not to tell you. And I was like, and she never did tell me. I mean, I was putting the squeeze on her tight. I was like, listen, you and your husband know I can play some loud music and I'll keep you up all night if you don't tell me. She goes, well, I'll just describe the guy to you. And I had never found that guy. I never found that guy. The, the, she, didn't, she described people. I looked all around the church for that guy, for that description. I was like, man, that's got, that guy must not have went to my church. And then I felt kind of bad because I was thinking, oh, man, what if I got somebody else's groceries and I've been eating them all week? What if it was supposed to go in? And, and I asked her, I said, are you sure these are? And she said, Mark Martinez, that's you, right? And I was like, yeah. I go, well, there's another Mexican fan." So I started looking for more Martinez's on my street just to make sure. I mean, I was kind of freaked out. But it was God. It was all God. See, God does. He'll give you more than, than what was promised. He'll give you an abundance. And so he received the spoil from the battle beyond what had been taken from Ziklag, and this was a blessing straight from the grace of God. And some of us have may have received those blessings straight from the grace of God and, and know what it is. So God says, hey, you know what, I'm going to give it back, but I just want to see what you're going to do with it. It's up to you, truly. It's your choice. You have, I'm not going to force you into doing anything. I'm not going to make you do something you don't want to do. I want you to do it with a joyful heart. Whatever you do... Do unto me. Do it with a joyful heart. And I think a lot of Christians don't do it with a happy heart. Whether it's tithing or serving. I mean, if you show up and you're just like, oh, not another Sunday. Not another Sunday. I've got to pick up trash in the parking lot and i got to do this. Hey, man, don't do it. It's okay. I've watched the wind blow the trash up against the fence and nobody, none of y'all have seen it before. You know, it, those things are happen. Don't, don't do it if your heart's not into it. So in this great battle of Christ on our behalf, he's not only given us back what we've lost. See, Jesus has given us back something a lot more. He has given us what Adam in his perfection never had. You think about Adam being perfect, and he had the Garden of Eden. And just think about that. Everything that Adam had, we have more. We have rest in Jesus Christ. He just got to hang out with God in the cool of the morning. Guess what? We get to do that. We get to hang out with God in the morning if you if you so choose to do so. And so oh, what I want us to dwell upon is that because this part is really God's spoil, we're his spoil. Those good things which we now possess over and above what we lost by sin came to us by Jesus Christ. Those, those things which we never would have had. Look at verse 21. and We'll move on from there. Verse 21 says, Now David came to the two hundred men who had been so weary that they could not follow David, whom they also made to stay at the brook Besor. So they they went out to meet David and to meet the people who were with him. And when David came near the people, he greeted them. And then all the wicked and worthless men... So so not all these guys that are with David are are following God, because we still see that there's still some wicked and worthless men. Of those who went with David, answered and said... Because they didn't go with us, we will not give them any of the spoil that we have recovered, except for every man's wife and children, that they may lead them away and depart. So here are these guys, they're a little bummed out and upset, kind of like, man, we went out and we had a fight and do all this stuff, and, and these other 200 slackers just hung out and watched the cans of beans and the bagels. Are you kidding me? Oh, don't, they're not going to get anything back. And somebody probably was like, hey, man, do you really want their wives and kids? Because, you know, that could be kind of, oh, yeah, we'll give them back their wives and their kids. But nothing else. And David's like, look what David says. But David said, my brethren, you shall not do so with what the Lord has given us, who has reserved, preserved us, and delivered into our hand the troop that came against us. For who will heed you in this matter? But as his part is who goes down to the battle, so shall his part be who stays by the supplies. They shall share alike. So it was from that day forward that he made it a statute and an ordinance for Israel to this day. Now, when David had come to Ziklag, he sent some of the spoil to the elders of Judah, to his friends, saying, Here's a present for you from the spoil of the enemies of the Lord. So what David does, he says, Hey, no, we're not going to not let these guys. I mean, they're still part of the army. They, they were guarding our stuff. Because what if somebody came and stole the rest of what we had, what little we had? So we're going to go ahead and give it. And so all these, all these places that David sent spoil to is, is, is a great place. And it's a great thing. he does this, It's a political move, so to speak. Because he's like, you know, I understand. These guys could be really upset with me. They could be really bummed out. So David says, hey, you know what? Not only that, we got all this extra stuff. So we're going to give to these other guys. What about you and me? When we get extra, and we'll be like, well, you know, that guy didn't work for it. I'm the one to put in the 40 hours. Why does that guy need to just suck off my food and, and my drinks and all my, oh, why does he want my money? Uh, why is he, you know, he's just going to suck it all up and it's, it's mine, 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 all mine, and we get greedy. And you see people doing that. They, they get so greedy, they say, well, you know what? Look, I got all this money when I put in this many hours and I get more. I'm just going to go ahead and, let my family suffer, and they can miss me a little bit. You know, they'll get over it. They'll grow up. They'll, they know who I am. I mean, i got to provide for them. It, it, you know, they wouldn't have this gigantic house if it wasn't for all this time I put in at work. And it's like, you know, really, does it matter?
0: You may be familiar with David's story in the book of 1 Samuel, but did you know he was just one of many important characters from the verses of this Old Testament book? Many people's lives are intertwined to bring about God's plan, even some who weren't following their Creator. God used each person to pave the way for David to ascend the throne and ultimately to bring about salvation for the entire world through his line. Today, you may be a David in your own world. God may be calling you to huge things that will take you to potentially dangerous but ultimately wonderful places. On the other hand, you might be someone God is using to prepare the way for another or to support them in their role. This doesn't in any way diminish your importance. Wherever you are in life, you can be demonstrating God to the world. If you'd like us to pray for you as you seek God's will for your life, please give us a call. We can be reached at 281-391-5503. That number again is 281-391-5503. If you'd like to hear today's message again or listen to other editions of Come Alive, we'd like to encourage you to subscribe to our podcast. Find us on your smartphone app store or subscribe on iTunes. You'll receive up-to-date teachings as soon as we make them available. That's all we have time for today. Join us next time to continue studying through 1 Samuel right here on Come Alive.